Hello, my name is Brian Martin, and you are listening to episode five of season two of the Running Technique Tips podcast. And I'm now joined by my co-host via Skype from somewhere where it's warm and sunny and exotic, your training location. Lisa, where are you? <laughs> I am in Byron Bay still, so uh, on nearing the end of the, the holiday, actually, but um, you're right about it being warm and amazing. It's just been perfect every day super super like humid though so that's um it's actually quite hard to train through humidity humidity is the absolute worst yeah like it's just so sapping i i can deal with just really hot hot intense heat but the humidity just wow it's um really just saps you i sort of get to the late afternoon and think I don't know if I can get off the couch to go. (laughs) (laughs) Humans are not made to breathe water, apparently. Oh no! But um, do you know what though? It's it's been quite a good week. I've, as I said, up here with some friends, and they've been really helping me to get my butt back into gear from basically my couch to 5k that I've been doing. And uh, I think if they were here, there would have been a few days where there would have been a few missed sessions. It would have been a bit more um, couch then. Oh, <laughs> it would have been much more couch, but it, it's it's sort of nice sometimes where you just kind of get dragged along and I just, because there's a group, tack onto the back, don't think about it, just plot along and I'm actually quite surprised with some of the sessions and that sort of being able to record whilst we've been here given like the volume that we're doing. And by the way, it's not huge volume in comparison to some people, but um, I've gone from zero to sort of about mid 50 to 60 k's so that's i'm finding absorbing that's also part of the challenge yeah it would be this sounds like you this is having a strong training camp effect <laughs> for you oh it's good the only downside is um normally you would think oh i can get lots of rest because you're not working but my two-year-old has just sort of on her last I think they call them two-year-old molars so once or twice a night um, I'm back to broken sleep so (laughs) I'm feeling like a bit of a zombie at the moment not good uh not good but um yeah I mean it's so nice to be up here so I shouldn't really complain but um been running along okay and have you been getting out there much or are you still on your run walk have you graduated (laughs) <laughs> almost I, i'm still i've still been run walking i've actually had a pretty solid week's training this week so i've done five run walk sessions i've done two proper solid gym sessions in the gym and i've even done a couple of little mini um sort of more functional exercise sessions after some of the other runs as well so i've, I've been oh, pretty wow. active yeah my run walking i've actually covered about 45 kilometers which is which is not bad for five sessions of an hour, basically. So it's, it's surprising yeah, how much ground you can actually cover when when you're doing the run walk protocol. Yeah, and are you feeling like are you feeling better now as you're going along? Because you're not feeling fabulous there for a while. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. The running sections this week have mostly been probably a bit quick. Actually, I've been continuing to work on my technique rebuild and at the same time as doing that I've been trying out different combinations of shoes to try and identify which shoes support the different movement pattern the best so yeah it's been a bit of a week of experimenting and the run walk protocol 
is is actually pretty good for that because you can you can just kind of reset after you have your little walk sections and yeah not put your body under under too much strain but yeah i've been moving pretty well i mean those earlier in the week those sort of running sections were getting down below five minute kilometer pace which is starting to move along and that hasn't sort of necessitated you know longer walking sections to recover so sort of building a little bit of fitness through the the run walking and had a bit of a breakthrough this morning uh, with being able to cover my first five kilometers of my run walk section actually running which was which was good and and look I could have been running the whole time but I would have been going over my aerobic heart rate so I'm trying to sort of re-establish my base fitness so I'm trying to keep the intensity relatively low so trying to trying to keep under my aerobic threshold as as sort of um defined by the the proxy of phil maftone's math heart rate which for me is about 137 so mm-hmm. i've been that was sort of my cue basically to to walk is is to um when my heart rate gets up to 137 i, I have a walk for about a minute and then let my heart rate recover to about 100 you know between 100 and 110 and then and then run again and yeah this morning i covered a a full 5k before my heart rate hit 137 which was good so it was it was kind of like a major you know how fitness comes in jumps and plateaus rather than gradually Uh, yes yeah 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 felt like that because (laughs) i've been struggling to run i hadn't been able to run two kilometers actually um over this course that i've been doing most days and today it was just like oh i got over that little hill that was killing me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and once I got over that, it was like I could run another three kilometres. So, yeah, I've just sort of suddenly gone up a level in fitness. And look, to be fair, I, I was pretty cautious this morning about my first kilometre. I ran that fairly comfortably at about 6.05. I think it was a 6.05 kilometre. And then some of the other ones, I think I got down to about 5.30 kilometre pace, um, which wow, is pretty Wow, this hit. is good. You're yeah. Along. I, think, I think you just got nervous from um, knowing that time's running out from the challenge. <laughs> I you, did, you, I did. You, you hadn't even strung together a kilometre of running. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've totally... I'm totally running scared or run walking scared more, to be more accurate <laughs> after you put on the board that that um, speedy park run last week and then now you've even got me more worried because you you went under 20 minutes I know I know but maybe I'm peaking too early I'm hoping not I'm hoping I'm just gonna have this fantastic you know linear progression that's um just you know, goes from zero to hero and uh, I take out the title but uh, I did do another park run and I mentioned the humidity and I really struggled with it this week actually but we, we had we were just quickly chatting offline when we started recording and I mentioned that I went back and looked at some previous results and it's actually my fastest 5k in oh, just under 10 years so and, and road as well. So I'm 1932 I ended up with. So it was very speedy. Yeah, I was yeah, I was I was quite I was quite pleased and I sort of had this mindset of I really just I got into the mindset I wanted to go out and hurt and see sort of where I was fitness wise, but also am I prepared to do the training that's required to run fast over the 5K? And today's probably not a good day to ask me because I'm feeling really tired today. (laughs) (laughs) How how does the logic of that work, though? Because what you're saying is you wanted to go out and hurt yourself running a 5K to see whether you're up for hurting yourself 
more in training <laughs> um, to run a 5k like just walk me through your, your thought pattern there <laughs> i know we've got two very different approaches we're sort of t- tortoise and t- what is it turtle and the hare at the moment tortoise and the hare. you've got your walk running and i'm out going right i'm going to hurt myself to see if i actually want to do this look to be honest i actually have fallen into a bit of a slow and steady trap from all that marathon training yeah and I actually really enjoyed the marathon training. I know some people and you yourself have even said how much you struggled with a lot of those longer runs, but I quite thrived on a lot of that. And I, but I found myself in a bit of a, I don't know whether it's a rut, but just not really having the desire to wanting to find those extra gears that I guess you need when you want to run quicker than, you know, four fifteen pace. Mm-hmm. So I just every time I sort of stepped on the track, and even this week at the in, you know, I keep calling it training camp, but on that little holiday that we're at, I I go to the track. There's a, a beautiful grass track up here, and I think, oh, you know, I'll, I'll attempt to run you know, 70, sorry, not 75, gosh, 85 um, second laps. Then I get there, and I think, no, I'm going to run 96s, which is four minute k's. I just <laughs> I can't seem to can't seem to push myself like have you ever fallen into one of those little ruts before um possibly but maybe in a different way and yeah i guess i'd be sort of thinking you know do you really need to be pushing yourself too hard right now like there's probably you know some merit in listening to your body a little bit and uh, your body doesn't want to run fast at the moment. Maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe, maybe you're still recovering a little bit for the marathon. And, and look, you know, you, you only have to beat me, so there's not that much pressure on to, to, to start to start smashing out really fast sessions. Uh, so uh, well, if you know. keep this walk running up, then uh, then I'm on track. <laughs> but you're right, though. I think the only way you're going to lose this challenge is if you um, if you burn out too early. So yeah, you're no, going to no, no, that. <laughs> no, that is true. But um, yeah, I still haven't quite got my head around wanting to do that training yet. So I think there is still going to be a couple of more sort of gentle weeks and there's one thing that I'm actually missing whilst I'm up here is I haven't got a gym to go to Mm -hmm. and I said how much I'd been enjoying doing the gym whilst I wasn't running post-marathon and I have done a couple of Pilates sessions which I do enjoy as well but I was just starting to find that I I was like finding a bit of a skip in my step again from doing the gym and I was finding I was really not wanting to miss a session. And so I think when we get back home, we'll fall back into that and I think it will all fall into place because I'll start to have that strength. I'll be feeling good again. You know, I've clearly got the endurance, which is showing by, um, you know, I sent you my results again. My heart rate was 146 on average running that 5K. So. The That's endurance is there. I think it's just, you know, stay patient. Don't kill myself, as you said. And, yeah, really just keep focusing on that strength um, type of work, which will help aid the, the speed. Definitely. And look, I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing some faster running. So that's a motivating factor for me to reestablish this base and get that done. So that was the reason why I really was focused this week on getting those five one hour sessions done and get another solid week's training next week and maybe the week after even. And, and then I can start contemplating some of this faster running, which I quite enjoy. So for me, I've got I've, what I'm telling myself is I need to earn the right to do that training <laughs> by getting fit. So if I can get fit enough to run five or six hours a week 
at my aerobic heart rate, then I'll have established a sort of a sensible, sensible base that I can build some of this harder, faster running on. And and yeah, like you, been loving the gym and I've continued to kind of smash out those sessions last week and this week. And I can really feel the benefit of doing that in in my running and just more generally as well. It's, uh, it's yeah, quite Yeah, actually, I'm glad that you said that because, you know, not having done the gym now for probably nearly two weeks just from being away and it just even – like walking around, I'm not feeling like just as upright and as toned. And even when I'm running, like I was feeling quite high on the hips. So um, it's, there's so much positive for the, for the strength work and for the gym work, not falling into the trap of probably what I'm doing here is not having access to the gym and just, you know, doing lots of running. So it'll, it'll be an interesting little test to see, you know, I think I've got you covered in January. Let's be honest. (laughs) I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say so. We've got, we've got to, and yeah. to remind everyone, we're going to do a 3K time trial, I think is probably the most likely scenario on the yeah. track. Yeah, exactly. But so I think I've got you covered, but I'm really curious to see how your results actually end up. You know, we're potentially pinpointing the same 5K track race down in, uh, down at Melbourne University in March. And yeah, just to see what that progression is from from you after you know what many would probably look at your program at the moment and go, are you even training? Like you're walk running, like that's surely you can't get fit off walk running. So this is a good little experiment. It is, and look, you know, I've been whilst I've been doing the walk running, I've been thinking about the walk running and why I think it's it's been quite effective, and people should probably think about that more often when they're just re-establishing that base, because if you if you sort of break down your your walk running session and I've just like pulled one up and I've done 62 minutes I've covered nine kilometers my average heart rate was 123 wow Uh, you find that even even when you you come off your running sections right it takes probably 30 seconds for your heart rate to kind of drop out of your that sort of nice aerobic working zone Um, so there must be like a fitness benefit that you gain from the walking sections because your heart rate is still kind of at at the level that you would like it if you're out on like just a normal easy aerobic run so it's probably a way that you can really build your aerobic conditioning quite quickly and I'm thinking this is probably going to be the only way that I'm going to be able to get enough conditioning to do a marathon in April Um, so (laughs) I think this might actually be a strategy that I employ to try and build some some mileage and time on legs leading into that event so yeah I've got to establish my little base now to to do this challenge with you and then as this sort of challenge goes out I'll probably start sneaking in some some longer run walks like you know go out for two hours and that kind of thing yeah and I think it could be good because you've got a bit of a mental blocker on those longer runs it might be a nice way to just cautiously turn that negative into a positive by having this experience where yeah you're out there for two and a half hours but you have walked and jog sections so it's not as scary as you know just going out and killing yourself for two and a half hours which it seems like it's a bit of a hard slog for you at the moment mentally it is and and then the the other benefit of the the run walk is you get to run faster which is nice so um, you know yeah do, do a couple of minutes quite a lot quicker than what you'd be able to hold your pace for you know an hour and a half or two hours so you you just feel better when you're moving a little bit quicker watch this space the january challenge i, I might just put my name down as, as the winner on there at the moment, but watch out Brian, you don't think i can walk. run walk my way to victory <laughs> 
<laughs> the dark horse might come home. You never know. Gosh, once when March comes around, you might end up running a 17-minute 5K and um, just, you know, take victory. <laughs> not sure about that. I was actually thinking about my my park run PB, which is 19 minutes, uh, and I thought if I can get under 19 minutes during this challenge, I'll be pretty happy. That's a good – That's a, where where did you run that one at? Yeah, it was at Albert Park, and it was, oh, yeah, it was good. quite a while Very ago. Yeah, mm. That was back, I'd be guessing, but it was probably 2012, and, mm. and I had a pace of the day, had Mark Gorski pacing oh, me around. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was helpful. Yeah, um, gosh, you were probably running better um, with better technique just from osmosis of running next to me. <laughs> but, well, I, I don't know that it was moving that well at that stage, but it definitely helped having having a pacemaker. Uh, yeah. And you're right, yeah, when someone's moving well beside you, it definitely helps you move a little bit better. Very good. <laughs> Shall we talk about our topic of the week? Because I know this is one that you're very excited about and uh, there's so much information out there about uh, strength training. Exactly. And we've been talking on and off about strength training through season one when we're, when we're doing the marathon. And in my case, it was mostly bemoaning the fact that I wasn't really doing any. It should have, <laughs> should have been. But we must have mentioned it at least half a dozen times about how good strength training is. And we've been threatening to do an episode specifically on on strength training so today is that day however i'm going to put a caveat on it is it's such a big topic that i don't think that we could hope to cover everything in half an hour or an hour so today what we're going to do is have a look at the introductory aspects of strength training and by that i mean just what what are the benefits like we've been talking about how great it is but but why why is it good for runners and why why you should consider doing strength training how does that sound lisa sounds great i think we should crack on on all right we'll do that and look for a bit of background i'm not going to claim to be the world's greatest expert on strength training for running however (laughs) I, i have got a bit of a background in this which started it actually started when I got into the gym heavily in my mid-20s and I was working with a personal trainer back then and and at that stage I have to admit that the goal wasn't about getting strong for running it was uh it was it was getting buff for, <laughs> <laughs> getting oh, buff for chasing the ladies, for the ladies. Uh, <laughs> So it was an inglorious introduction. So at, at that stage, it was yeah, mostly about shaping up, um, not so much about um, the benefits for moving. But I guess I did get a bit inspired and interested from that experience. And I went on to to get qualified as a, a fitness instructor and personal trainer. And I, I worked for not a, not a long time, for, did that for about a year um, before I decided it wasn't really for me but that did allow me to at least get a bit of a base baseline level of knowledge about strength training and I then sort of got back into it when I was doing the research for the running technique book and yeah that was sort of in the period of about 2012 and my motivation for getting interested in it then was I was talking a lot to Dr. Philo Saunders which runners in Australia and probably internationally some people would be aware He's one of the senior physiologists at the Australian Institute of Sport, and he's also a very well-credentialed uh, running coach. And he 
actually did his PhD on running economy. And one of the things he looked at in that and he was telling me about, which sort of started me off on this journey of, of looking at strength training in relation to running economy and then by extension running technique. So he, he'd covered strength training in kind of broad terms in terms of how the benefits of strength training to improve your your overall running economy so that was kind of how I got to it sorry about that long-winded introduction (laughs) I thought I thought I'll just put it in a little bit of context no no context is good yeah and I mean Philo has also he's also training and has also trained some very successful athletes so um, he's obviously used his knowledge and been able to transition that into practice of training some previous and, and current very talented runners Correct. And and also doing it, he's one of those people that actually, unlike me, he actually <laughs> lives by what he actually <laughs> believes in. So for me, I kind of let my strength training slide, but I don't think in 20 years, Philo has taken a backward step in terms of his strength training that he's actually done to support his own athletic mm-hmm. career and achievements. And I know he credits the strength training that he's done, not only for the performance levels that he's been able to achieve and he, he has been an elite runner that has habitually made the made the Australian Championship final for 1500 metres over a very long period of time and he's still going strong now and he's I think he's only about a year younger than me so he's probably about 42, 43. So he, he, he never does yeah he's never really stopped with that and he credits that strength training in terms of his ability to be resilient and not succumb to injury as well as um, the performance side of things. So, so yeah, it's that's sort of how I kind of got into it. And when I was looking at the, the running technique um, aspect of strength training, I was really interested in it from a training of movement perspective. And a lot of the, the research that I did um, off the back of the stuff that, that Philo gave me a head start on um, was to kind of look at how strength training could be used to both train movement and enhance the way that you were moving. So there's a couple of things there. And I just might run through a couple of those, Lisa, and you just jump in and mm-hmm. let me know if I'm getting off track or not not making oh, any no. sense. <laughs> I'll bring you down to layman's terms. That's okay. Yeah, excellent. That That's good. And, and look, I, I've had to do a lot of translating to go from the scientific literature to some of the stuff that I've written, which some people would probably still say is in, unintelligible. But there's kind of some key things that stuck out for me that you know developed a, a little framework. So I guess the first one, which is which is pretty important, is in terms of support and stability. So strength training definitely helps helps you get stable when you're not moving, but also when you are moving, which is pretty handy for running. So that's a that's a pretty handy thing um, that you need to get in place. The uh, the kind of the next one is, and that's part of that sort of support and stability picture, is optimizing your posture for movement. So um, by that I mean if you can get yourself into better positions, then you have a better chance of actually expressing the full power and strength of your muscles when you are moving. And look. Probably one example of that is people are familiar with, um, you know, even just watching watching the tennis, for example, because what you see there is the players sort of 
getting down quite low, hips are, hips are flexed, knees are flexed, ankles are flexed. They're in quite a, a powerful and stable position, not only to hit the ball, but to, to change directions and to, to run quite quickly, either either laterally or backwards and forwards. So being in that kind of like strong posture really does help you to be more powerful. So if you're the kind of person that was like me, I used to run like really quite upright and I'll probably still fall back into that from time to time, but not much flex in the hip, not much flex in the knee, not much flex in the ankle. And I think the reason I did that was I just wasn't really strong enough to be in a, a more optimal posture to, to run from. So that kind of posture posture piece in relation to strength training, I think is really important to be able to optimize your power and just be able to move really strongly. And as mentioned, also to be much more stable. So there's a couple. <laughs> Look, there's there's more. <laughs> That's why this is an introductory episode. The other the other one that I really like is just muscle activation efficiency. So you you might have heard people sort of talking about sort of neurological adaptions and neurological strengths in the context of strength training. Have, that, have you ever come across that? Um, not a great deal, but break yeah. it down for us. <laughs> okay. All right. So what you probably find is the first few times you go to the gym, like over, so say over the course of three or four weeks and you're doing a particular exercise. So say you're like me and you're getting back into doing your squats and you know, kind of day one you go into in there and you've got 50 kgs and you're doing that and that seems really heavy. And then you come back in a week's time and you're doing 55 and then you come back in another week and you're doing 60. And, you know, on one hand you could argue, oh, your muscles have actually got bigger and stronger and that's why you can lift more weight. But probably what happens in the early phases at least is your body just gets smarter at moving again and that's the kind of the mm. neurological component so yep. you get more more efficient at doing the movement so you know you get more more efficient and more effective at recruiting the muscles you need to do the movement and to lift, lift the weight so so you kind of that's where that muscle memory thing I think comes in so yeah there is that benefit of by doing these kind of strength-based exercises you're actually training those sort of neuromuscular pathways which enabled you to, to then move more strongly and more efficiently and that's before you even get to the the fact of your muscles getting bigger and stronger so that that's another um, really key one that comes through in strength training and this is a kind of the second to last one in the in the kind of introductory stuff and i really like this one is strength training and it does go to that thing about coordination it does reduce like co-activation of the wrong muscles in in a movement mm, pattern. Yep, um, yep. So sort of movement and muscle, got to make sure I use the right terminology, but you've sort of got agonists and antagonists. <laughs> um, <Yep. laughs> and you, you don't want, you know, for example, if you're trying to propel yourself forward, say you're jumping or, or running, you've kind of got your hip extensors, which are going to be the... Uh, agonists and antagonists might be your hip flexors so you kind of want, don't necessarily want those two firing at the same time because then you kind of your muscles are going at cross purpose to the to the direction you're trying to actually move so um, strength training kind of helps to establish pathways where you get reduced co-activation of the wrong muscles 
So that one's, again, it's, it's pretty important and yeah, it does go into that sort of coordination bucket, which yeah help, helps you move more effectively. And, and I reckon mm. that, that's, that's a key one for runners especially. Yeah, I was going to say we have we spoke about that one a little bit during the week about how I sort of mentioned to you about this damn ITB is yep. giving me a little bit of grief. And, yep. you know, you sort of said, well, I think you need to do some heavy lifting. And see your physio. Exactly what you, you said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. But, yeah, and you know, I guess you, you were saying that, suggesting that to, as you just said, to really get the right muscles activating and firing and, and getting a, a, a right movement pattern. So um, that's something I'm definitely going to get back into the gym and do when I get back. Yeah. Yeah, and and like last but not not least, the most obvious one is your muscles get bigger, so you you get hypertrophy um, when your muscles are growing. That's what that's that's called. Um, so you get stronger muscles, and you also get stronger, more effective tendons as well, because you're putting your muscles and tendons under load. It actually it does actually help your tendons kind of store and release energy a bit more efficiently. So there's multiple multiple benefits for for strength training in relation to your running and in specifically in relation to kind of technique which is those ones were 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 things that I thought were specifically very closely correlated to actually being able to to train yourself to move better to support better running techniques so that's kind of some basic things and I didn't make those up they're all kind of if you go and do some googling on on google google scholar you'll find that there's like a whole bunch of um, literature about various aspects of benefits of strength training um, in relation to running and other movements so all of that stuff is supported by by smarter people than me i just went and and read it all if someone's wanting to get into strength training what do you think is the best way to go about it like go and read a whole bunch of books or you know join a gym and and copy some things on youtube what how would you get them to approach it yeah look it's it's a, it's actually not an easy question to answer because like well, let me let me put it this way it probably depends on where you're starting from so mm-hmm. if you've if you've never been in a gym and never done any strength training then it probably wouldn't be unreasonable to go to your local gym and just ask someone to to write your program to support your running and even if that person isn't a running related person they're probably going to write you a pretty basic kind of meat and potatoes um, strength training program which if you don't do it for for too long is probably not going to do you any harm if you're if you're more experienced with running and strength training then you'd probably be more advised to to seek out someone who does work with runners well actually not exclusively runners you could you could pick out someone who's working uh, either with runners or they might be working with other sports so one of the one of the term terminologies that gets thrown in there is a like athletic development so if you've got a specialist in human movement and athletic development and if they're coaching you know, for example, Australian rules football or soccer, any of those kind of sports where there's a strong sort of running and movement component, that person's going to be able to help you just as effectively. I would I would argue as as someone who puts their hand up and says I'm just a person who does strength training for running. Um, and look, mm. there's probably not that many people around who would just say I just do strength training for running. One of the ones that 
springs to mind is is one that we've both listened to on a podcast that Brady Thelfall put together, the Tell Me Your Tales yeah. podcast. Yeah. So he had Dave Costello on, and and I think he does specialise in doing strength training for runners. And I want to I wanted to actually mention him <laughs> before we moved on because yeah, in preparation for this episode, I went back and and read through a couple of the chapters in in my running book about strength training and this is something that we've talked about a little bit as well but not really dived into was the the recovery aspect mm. and how good strength training is to boost recovery and I, I had to laugh when I, I read my my book because I went back into that chapter and it said you know I've found that strength training really helps with recovery but I didn't know why, and I think I actually wrote that in the book. I just didn't really understand why that was. Um, and it was really good to actually listen to that episode with Dave Costello because he just kind of laid it out really plainly. Um, if you're doing strength training, particularly if you're doing some heavier lifting, you're going to get this strong um, hormonal response. So your body starts producing testosterone and human growth hormone, and that has a very restorative um, effect um, on, on your body. Like that's those are the two substances that when people are cheating and, <laughs> and take, yeah, exactly. So they don't necessarily take those um, two things to have an immediate performance effect. But if you're taking, if you're taking testosterone and human growth hormone, you can just recover um, so much quicker, which means you can train, do more volume, train harder. And, you know, the people who do cheat and take those substances find that they can they can perform better as a result of the increased training. But uh, you and I are obviously not interested in <laughs> taking <laughs> testosterone or human growth hormone because there's some pretty nasty side effects. Um, <laughs> so yes, uh, for males and females of taking those two substances, so it's definitely not something that I'd be recommending. But if you do some strength training, in particular, some some heavy lifting around the right kind of protocols, you could stimulate that kind of um, testosterone um, and growth hormone response, which is which is really going to uh, improve your recovery. Mm, I, I've got a question, yeah. and this is around um, you know from a female's point of view. Yeah. And what would you suggest if you, you had a female that is a distance runner, and you know often female distance runners are quite slight, and if yeah. they are concerned about you know doing this strength training and bulking up, I heard that before yeah I've, um, I've, I've from, heard know, that. from other girls and yeah. it, it's a real concern out there yeah and look I, I agree I think it would be more of a concern for a lot of female athletes but I bet there's a lot of male athletes out there as well who'd also be worried that they're going to bulk up and get heavy or get heavier yeah. um, and that might have some kind of detrimental impact on their running performance so I guess the first thing off the bat to say is unless you're a genetically predisposed and b follow a really strict protocol of fueling yourself enormously um, it's very hard to put on a huge amounts of muscle bulk like even, even in that phase in my 20s when i was trying to you know get muscly to impress the girls i just don't have <laughs> the body type to be able to put on a lot of muscle mass like all that happened to me was i just i just put on some lean muscle mass so I didn't get huge. It's very, very difficult, even for a guy, to put on a lot of muscle mass, and we've naturally got more testosterone, um, which is the thing that that really kind of drives drives that. So if you're a, a female in particular, and if you're a female distance runner, you're very unlikely to have the kind of body type that's naturally going to put on muscle mass. And 
even if you did, the amount of running that you were doing, you would have to like eat um, some ridiculous amount of calories to, to A, fuel all of, all of your running and then B, try and um, actually put on some muscle mass um, to be able to to have an effect where you actually got heavier. Like it's it's just very unlikely to occur. So I just mm. think don't worry about it. The, the benefits are so much outweigh um, any risk of um, potentially you know, in, in inverted commas, getting heavy. Like it's it just, it's very difficult to actually put on muscle mass when you're a distance runner. And in particular, if you're a female distance runner, it's just, just very hard to do. But you will get stronger and you will get all of those benefits that I went through before. And and, and that additional one around avoiding injury and these kind of recovery benefits are really something that you, you really want to kind of hang on to. And, and in particular, and one that we didn't mention was, you know, strength training uh, increases your bone density. And I know, uh, particularly amongst female distance runners, there's is, is often a risk. It can be a problem. Of, yeah, stress fractures and that type of thing. Yeah. So, Look, I could would nearly argue that, you know, if there was you know, weight gain per se, that it was actually lean muscle mass, which is actually a good thing and will probably make you stronger and then actually run faster. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. Look, and and I, even if you did, let's say you put on a kilo of lean muscle mass, it's all about power to weight, right? So if you're more powerful and moving more efficiently and you can train more because you're suddenly more resilient and you're recovering better because you're doing strength training, you, you're going to be running a hell of a lot faster, even if you were car- carrying a kilo more than you were before. So it's probably unlikely that that's actually going to happen, but even if it did happen, you're still going to be moving quicker. Yeah, there's so many benefits, and I don't think we'll have time today to go through, no. you know, what does a strength training program look like? Um, how do you start it? How do you increase yep. it? Like, there are so many yep. ways that you could take this topic. Um, I, you know, we've, I think we've been t- chatting for for quite a while now, but I think maybe we can look at that in the next couple of weeks. And you know, you've even in your books go through some of this as well which you know for further reading if anyone wants to do um jump online and have a look at those absolutely and i'll, I'll link up a couple of the articles on the on the blog uh, which i referred to during my opening spiel about all of the benefits so people can have a bit of a read through those um, they're, they're probably actually some of the better articles on the blog like I, when i read back through them i was like oh yeah i'd actually forgotten some of this stuff and um it's just good to be reminded of, of why it actually it is so effective and yeah and and you're right I'm, I'm pretty keen to do some more episodes on it because your question about where where do you start like mm. you know I really wanted to answer that with well well this is what this is a kind of training program that you would do and this is how often you would do it and well how that's often... it like there are so many questions I think yeah. if any listeners have any of those questions, you know, even if you, you don't have to be an elite athlete to be out there doing a strength program. Even if you're someone who runs 30 minutes for 5k and you want to break 30 minutes, you know, instead of going out and adding an extra 10% per week running wise, you would probably find you'll run under 30 minutes by implementing strength program instead. Yes. And look, the thing that I failed to mention and, you know, everyone's just currently obsessed about getting Nike 4% shoes because they think they'll, oh. that'll improve, improve their running economy by 4%. Um, or try strength training. Like, it doesn't cost $300. And it, it'll increase your running economy probably by 5%. 
So, you know, it's it's definitely a good thing to get into. I suppose sort of in kind of some closing things I, I would say is, and just, yeah, building on your question around where do you start, good to start with movements that are quite similar to running. So you probably want to um, have this concept of transference in your mind. So you want to be doing exercise that, that have a close relationship to to running so things things like squats for example um you can you could you could argue that running is a a series of squats or skips or hops and all of those kind of movements are are quite similar so when you are devising a strength training program thinking about movements that are actually quite similar to running is is definitely the way to go and look there's there is if people want to sort of have a think about that in more detail there i did actually construct the the book in that way so it sort of takes you through the running movement and then tries to link um, different different exercises that you could do in the gym um, and explain why they are similar to those those running movements so definitely thinking about exercises that are, are running like and the first thing you would do is try and master the technique of doing each of those exercises and I was really pleased during the week when I was in the gym because there was there was a, a young skinny kid and I looked down and I thought you're a runner <laughs> and he was he was in the gym practicing his deadlift technique and he was just using the bar and that's that's like a really smart move because um, until you've actually kind of got your technique down pat and you're moving in a way that feels really comfortable to you and is especially not putting strain or having a risk of injuring your back you've you've got to get that technique down pat and that's where working with a professional could be really helpful to you Um, so getting someone to kind of observe you and sort of talk to you about what you're feeling as well as what things look like because I think I might have mentioned before different people with different body types will look slightly different doing different exercises. So working with someone that you can have a dialogue with, because they might sort of say what you're doing looks perfect, but it's absolutely killing your lower back. So you'd want to be sort of saying, well, might look good on the outside, but it's not working for me on the inside. So having that kind of dialogue, I think is really important, but I I really liked seeing that, um, that young guy just working on his technique and not, rushing to try to put lots of weight on the bar because you know, I guarantee that's a very quick way to um, hurt yourself and mm. hurting yourself in the gym so you can't do gym and more importantly can't run anymore is definitely not the ga- the name of the game so it's like everything you've got to approach it cautiously and try and master the movement before you add you know overloads like more weight doing it quickly uh, doing doing the exercises more quickly, etc. So, this and that's another episode that we could do is on the various different overloads you can do. But yeah, master the movement and sort of take it from there. Yeah, there's so, there is literally as you said at the start, there is so much on the strength training piece, and I think yeah, let's start to pick it apart a little bit, and uh, but you know we'll all benefit from it. Yeah, I, I think we should. And look, just in summary, a few of the names. We mentioned Philo Saunders and Dave Costello, so people can sort of Google them. And I'll link up that Dave Costello episode. Some other names that 
um, some people that have helped me at various times. Ross Smith, he gave an amazing presentation on strength training and periodization at the Level 3 Middle and Long Distance Coaching Seminar that I did with Athletics Australia um, that, at that qualification level. So I've actually got an article on the blog and that would be one that we could pull apart as a specific episode. It's like, how do you how do you periodize your strength training um, to match mm. the rest of your season? So yeah, he gave a great presentation a really about that. That's a good one. Yeah, and, and all, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm interested in that actually. Yeah, well, me, me too. I read back, read back through that one, and I thought, oh, gee, I really should be thinking about this more. And look, I'm, there's lots of different ways to skin the cat, so I'm sure there's a, there's other people who have a different perspective. But I found that really interesting. Uh, another guy that I came across was Nathan Heaney, and he was um, the strength and conditioning. Uh, specialist at the Victorian Institute of Sport for a time. I actually Googled him the other day. He's now in charge of strength and conditioning for the Adelaide Crows AFL football team. So he's he's obviously moved into a probably a better paying career um, and, and good on him because he was really, he really knew his stuff and he was coaching or providing um, athletic support to a lot of the local um, runners in melbourne so i'm just trying to having a mental block trying to remember the the 800 meter runner whose surname is roe i can't remember his first name but um yeah he equals yeah alex roe yeah so he equaled the australian record for 800 meters and when he was doing that he was he was getting a strength and conditioning program from Nathan Heen. So he's an, another good name to Google. And all of these people have probably written papers um, and presented at conferences so you can find some of their um, work. Another name that people could Google is Pascal Dober. Uh, he was the strength and conditioning guy for like the Nike Oregon project. And mm-hmm. I've never actually met him, but I did have a, a good email exchange with him many years ago because I met I met Jerry Schumacher at a coaching seminar um, (laughs) and he was I was asking him about you know well what strength training do all of your people do and he was like well you need to speak to Pascal Um, so he's kind enough to pass on his email so I exchanged a few ideas with him over the time but if you googled him you'd probably find like a whole bunch of presentations and maybe some stuff of him on YouTube and and various bits um, and pieces so so yeah there's a few names of people who are like done some significant stuff in strength training um, in relation to running so so they're the, they're the real experts I'm, I'm just trying to translate <laughs> <laughs> well we've got lots of homework this week <laughs> <laughs> we have we have there's a there's a heap of information out there actually while we're on the subject of, of experts I've, I've been listening to um Vern Gambetta's podcast so I'll link that one up as well so he's a he's a veteran athletic development coach um in in the U.S. he's worked in pretty much every sport um, so his podcast is really really interesting to listen to as well so that's a, sort of another another place that people could go and one final one um friends Bosch. <laughs> so i'll put that i'll put all those names in the show notes as well um, yeah put them all up i must admit this is a topic i'm super super interested in to yeah. become a bit of a student of the of the sport in um to try and help me run a fast marathon yeah. because i think that's a, a you know, somewhere where I can personally get lots of gains and um, I'm probably maybe not as much of a nerd as you, but when I like (laughs) something, I (laughs) do kind of nerd up on it. So uh, this will be some good, um, good listening and good reading, I think. 
Yeah, definitely. And look, yeah, if, if, if people are interested in it and they want to nerd up, there is heaps of information out there. So, and and a lot of it is good. There's a probably a lot of bad information as well. But if you kind of stuck around the names that I mentioned there, you'd be you'd be pretty safe that they would know what they're talking about and they're presenting good stuff. I guess the one word of caution is um, most of those people are kind of in that sort of fairly elite spectrum. So, mm-hmm. so don't go and Google you know, one of these names and pick the hardest exercise or protocol that they've devised <laughs> and try and implement it yourself because uh, they might be, um, uh, might have been working with an athlete for like four years and it took that athlete four years to be able to do a particular exercise. So um, start with start with the simple stuff first. You've got to walk before you can run, so to speak. Good topic, I think, Brian. Definitely. Um, yeah. I, know, I know I mangled that a little bit, but hopefully that's a it's a good introduction, <laughs> or maybe at least inspire people to, if they're sceptical about strength training, to consider it and adding that into their running program. Mm, yeah. No, I, I I agree with you. So what are you doing this week coming, Lisa? Do you know what? Actually, now that you've um, spoken about this whole strength training, something has just come to mind. So I pulled out my old surfboard. I actually haven't jumped on the surfboard for about five years. I can see an injury coming now. (laughs) No, but so five years ago, I wasn't doing strength training um, all that much. And then, you know, especially over the last couple of years, I've been um, diligently in the gym and doing like prehab type of stuff. So I jumped on my surfboard yesterday and I noticeably was better than what I was five years ago because I had this amazing hip strength, which I haven't, you know, previously had and I still got a lot of work to do. But I was able to leap up onto my feet balanced and um i had a great time i'm bloody sore today i'll be honest uh but i was just like wow how good is this strength training so Uh, um, you're you're just far more stable um, (laughs) than what you were before oh no i really am so um so that was really good but anyway so what am i doing much of much of the same still up uh in our little getaway for another week so i'm I'm definitely pulling the surfboard out again i just had a ball out there yesterday now that i'm stable and i can stand up and and i was out amongst it all uh some more training no more park runs i won't be doing any more park runs um and i'm gonna have to come home at some point too and and face reality again uh i'll uh, (laughs) i'll hang on to this life of holidaying and luxury for as long as i can there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's reality Uh, (laughs) at a rate of knots (laughs) oh i know i'm in denial but um that's my week but what about you 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 progressed your 5k run yeah, I, well, I'm really looking forward to next week and, and seeing what I can do and how much fitness that I've that I've managed to accumulate. So mm. I'll be continuing my walk-run stra- strategy, but it's basically I would expect next week there'll be a lot more running than walking and I'll also be hitting the gym again. Tomorrow morning I'll be scheduling, uh, yeah, I'll be squatting tomorrow. So I've, I've sort of been doing heavy alternating heavy squats and heavy de- deadlifts. Um, they're my kind of main two sessions at the moment. I'm just really trying to build up that, build up my base strength. So I'll be squatting tomorrow and hopefully, I think last time I did 65 kilos. So I'm going to try and get up to 70. My, my goal in this little period is to get up to squatting my 
body weight and there's two ways i can do that one is to lose weight, <laughs> lose weight. <laughs> the, the other way is just to lift more weight so maybe maybe there'll be a bit of both and i can meet in the middle um, but it, yeah if I, if I can be squatting about 75 kilos in a few weeks time i'll be pretty happy mm, oh and that actually, that actually reminds me because i had i have to correct myself because a few weeks ago when we we're talking about squatting i was describing how deep I went in my squat and I was trying to convince you and the listeners that I was actually getting my thigh down to the horizontal, which is completely incorrect because <laughs> <laughs> um, I filmed myself the other day and, yeah, there's nowhere near, I'm getting nowhere near that deep. So, Actually, do you know what? That is such an important thing you've raised because you should, you know, we've got all like great technology these days and cameras, et cetera, on our phones. In conjunction, you know, if you are working with a trainer or a friend with describing, yeah, film yourself so you can, you know, what you were thinking you were doing versus what you were actually doing yep. are clearly, um, you know, a, a lot different. But um, different. I think we've all fallen into that trap. Like I know myself with my dodgy hip, I think, you know, I'm stable and I'm square and I'm front on and then I take a video and I'm wonky and all over the place. So good little reminder. Yeah, exactly. And it's very similar to running, isn't it? You think you're doing one thing, but until you actually film yourself <laughs> or someone looks at looks at you, you can you could be doing something completely different. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, on the and on the on the depth of the squat thing, I wasn't concerned that I was not going that deep. I'm quite happy with how deep that I am going, which is not very. <laughs> uh, because I, well, I personally believe you don't need to go super deep in your squats to support. Um, good running mechanics because yeah you just you just don't get that deep when you're running so um being at a being at um yeah shallower angles i think is actually going to be better for my running um in the longer term anyway um and it'll certainly make it easier for me to lift that heavy weight that's for sure mm. well that sounds good you're going to do more running more squatting it sounds like you're back on your um your buff brian program that you uh, were however many years ago yeah look it's <laughs> It's 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 getting there. It's getting there. It's taking a lot longer than what it did when I was a little bit younger. But you know, um, we'll get there eventually. I'm fighting against menopause now, Lisa. So you know, you, you've you got that, rid of those boobs. Uh, oh, that's right. And you got that natural degre degradation of testosterone um, as you age, unfortunately. So yeah. So lift heavy stuff to try and to try and um, arrest that that decline. <laughs> Uh, the the joys of aging. Well, you enjoy your your squatting and your continuous running. We're running out of time for our January challenge too, so you might have to reacquaint yourself with the track soon. I know that, that was the other thing I was thinking. I need to start planning when this when and where this time trial is going to happen, and I, I'm mm. I'm going to. I don't think we ruled out the use of paces, so I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to employ a pacemaker to help me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Well, I actually have had a look at a bit of a calendar and there's a couple of 3K track races that yeah. um, Athletics New South Wales are, are putting on. So I think I'm actually going to jump into one of those because my current state of mind doing anything on my own is actually failing. <laughs> Fair you, enough. You've got a pacemaker and I need uh, I need competition and a lot of people to pull me around. Yep, yep. Well, yeah, look at Good reminder, I might, might have a look and see if there's any races that I could jump into over 3K as well. Um, you never know, there might be one. Yeah, well, I'm hoping there's not because I need to get a big win on the board. I'm, I'm thinking you're a bit of a dark horse in the 5K track, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> You've got the the PV, so um, you are the one to watch, I think. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, very good. All right. Well, I think we should wrap it there. So you have been listening to the Running Technique Tips podcast with Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin. We'll be talking to you again next week.